Broadcasting from the Prairie Sportsman Studios. Presented by OnX. Know where you stand with OnX. <clears throat> We're not just a radio show anymore. Heck yeah. This is Sporting Journal Radio. That's right. Welcome to the show. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thank you for tuning in on the network by demand, sportingjournalradio.com, or by watching this on YouTube. Thank you very much. I'm Brett Amundsen, along with Dan Amundsen, right over there. Dan, how you doing? Doing great. Also, David Eckhart joins us over there under the snow goose. Hello, hello. Bet you can't see. Can't see the snow goose. <laughs> you just see the ergot. Yeah. From live the live target banner, the ergot. And, and that it's a registered trademark. <laughs> David, our, David's a registered trademark yes. here on the show. Uh, how you guys doing? Doing good. Welcome back to uh, Studio Show, Dan. Feels like it's been forever. I'm forgetting how to do this. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little slow. Sorry, viewers. It's all right. You Listen didn't... to the audio version if you don't want to watch my piss poor work right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even sure you knew what you were doing to begin with when when we did it. So hey, fake it till you make it. That's right. Well, uh, last week's show we did it from a fish house up at Lake of the Woods. We were up there for an aglow event. If you missed it, go back and watch it on YouTube because once again we got interrupted by fish which we always love. And we got to see some old friends up there and make some new ones. Uh, Dan, we got to hang out with Dan Small a little got bit. To hang out with Dan Small. I've watched him since I was like three years old. So kind of cool. It's like when the when the baseball players come into the league and say, I watched Derek Jeter play and now I'm pitching against him or something. And we were fishing with Dan Small. So that's always kind of fun to do. Yeah, it was pretty neat. Tiny obviously has to go outside. So uh, we're going to get into the show here. Just David, yeah, you want to just let her out real quick while we talk about this? Uh, this week, we're going to talk about some of our Lake of the Woods adventures. We, we interviewed so many people while we were up there at Lake of the Woods last week, we couldn't fit them all in to this one show. So we have Paul and Brandy Johnson. They're the owners of Riverbend Resort up on Lake of the Woods, a family-owned resort. They've owned it for a number of years now. We're going to talk about how long they've owned it why they decided to get into the resort business and talk about how their family uh, lineage, they come from resort owning families. So there's, there's resort ownership in their family that they grew up with and learning from and learning about and decided they wanted to do it as well. So we're going to learn more about that coming up. Excuse me, coming up in just a little bit. We'll also get a fishing report from Otter Tail Lakes Country with Cody Hill from Chill Guide Service. And uh, we're going to do some fish trivia this week with Joe Henry, guys. Should wow. be should be a great time. Uh, Dan, give us our sponsors. This week we have On X. Nor you stand with On X. Lake of the Woods Tourism. Lake of the Woods is the walleye capital. Plan a trip for this winter or get ready for this spring at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Live Target match the hatch at livetargetlures.com. Habel Heights Campground and Resort. Book a trip to Devil's Lake. Still time before the ice is gone to fish out of a snow bear. Learn more at HabelHeights.com. Alclair Audio. Save your hearing in the field without sacrificing your hearing. Learn more at AlclairOutdoors.com. The Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic is March 10th through the 13th at Canterbury Park. Learn more at MNDeerClassic.com. Riverbend Resort at Lake of the Woods. Plan an ice fishing or spring rainy river fishing trip at RiverbendResort.com. Ottertail Lakes Country. Find your inner otter at OttertailLakesCountry.com. And Prairie Sports. And we have a new episode this summer. Sunday. Uh, otherwise, you can watch episodes anytime at the Prairie Sports on YouTube channel. That's right. And you can come up and join us at the Minnesota Deer Classic, Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic. That'll be March 10th, 11th and 12th at Canterbury Park in Shakopee. It's uh, presented by your select Heartland Chevy dealers. I don't know why I had to say it like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of said that. So thanks for repeating me. Yeah, There's you bet. Nice well, we're going to be we there. We love the Deer Classic. Saturday, March 11th. We're going to be there from 10 to noon. So stop out and see us. We had a guy actually call up Pioneer PBS, watch Prairie Sportsman. He's like, hey, who's that Brett Amundsen from? I knew an Amundsen from uh, McGregor. He knew Amundsen's from McGregor, thought that, 
one of the sons was named Brett and wondered if I was the guy. And I, I told him I, I wasn't, but somehow could be related to him. I think and, we're going to hire that guy now. He yeah, sounds cooler. He's probably way better mm-hmm. than I am. But uh, we started talking about, uh, he said he was from Shakopee. And I said, well, hey, what are you doing March 11th? Stop out and say hi. I'd love to meet you at uh, the Deer Classic. I'll be there, you know, March 11th from 10 to noon. He goes, oh, yeah, all the all the land. When you're sitting in the stands at Canterbury Downs, Canterbury Park, and you're watching the horses race, if you look at the field and the tree planting behind the track, he's like, that was my family's farmland. Well, that's where I grew up. That's where I grew up farming right there. And now it's, you know, it's buildings and whatever. So got a little history lesson. He's like, Shakopee was great. It used to be all farms. Now I don't like going there. (laughs) Sounds like most of the metro. Because it's the Twin Cities. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a cabin up north and he spends most of his time. He's retired and spends most of his time up north. So anyway, that that was a fun conversation to have. So you can come out and join us at the Deer Classic. We're also going to be be hanging out over at... uh, the Northwest Sports Show that same weekend at the Tazan Lake Lodge booth. All right. Um, so I was I was working another show for Tazan Lake. I was in Chicago here uh, this last week. You guys, what did I miss while I was gone up here? Um, oh, David, you can't hear me. We lost you, David. I had a dream that I want to tell you guys about. Because, oh, okay. Well, because I, I have a question. Because I want to know if this has ever happened in real life. And I don't think it's ever happened to either of you guys because I would have probably heard about it. But I want to know with everybody else. I had a dream, so I caught this giant crappie. That was in the dream, so you don't have to Obviously fact check me on that. <laughs> right. So I'm prefacing that. But so I, I caught this crappie through the ice, and I wanted to take a video of releasing it because it was big enough. I wanted to throw it back. So I pulled out my phone, had my phone in one hand, was going to record a little Snapchat video, crappie in the other one. So I went to go put the fish in the hole, but instead, Mika loves this story. I guess. Instead of putting the crappie down the hole and taking a video of it, I tried to take a video with the crappie and I put my phone in the hole okay. <laughs> and watched it flutter down. You sure this was a dream? Yeah, because I woke up in, in a panic sweat. Just a cold sweat. <laughs> Angry, yeah. <laughs> and so I want to know if that's ever happened to anybody else or something similar. Because this video of Jay Siemens and his buddy dropping that fish down the hole or the, the phone. phone down the hole in scaring all the perch away keeps going around. I've been sent that video like seven times, so it made me think of that. I want to know. I want to know if anyone else has ever had something like that happen before. I mean, I've had dreams where I wake up in a cold sweat. That's not what I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> I've never dropped my phone down a hole. One time, I was in a skid house. I was fishing by myself, and uh, I dropped my phone, and it was headed straight for the hole. And I like ninja, like cat-like reflexes. I kicked it. At, or no, it reached down. I swatted at it with my arm, whatever it was, but it went below the floor, but above the ice. Like, and then it slid all the way under the floor, under the house, and almost went down the next hole on the other side of the house. But I've never done it. I know uh, I watched Tony's phone, our friend Tony, yep. go down the hole in your house, David. Yep. Yeah, I had it sitting in the window and slammed the door, and it tipped out of the window <laughs> right down the hole. He was so mad because he didn't even drop it. I no. mean, he had it setting somewhat precariously above the hole. Yeah. But your door kind of slammed a little bit. Yeah, shook, shook the wall <laughs> just enough to tip it. And that was, what, the first day? First day. Yeah. So we went and we we drove to town and bought, what did we buy, a fishing net? Like a big yeah, landing we bought net? A, a little little landing net, minnow net, and two pieces of conduit and a roll of duct tape. And I've got that, I've got footage of all that. And then it took us like three hours, but we got that phone. It was like 18 feet of water. Yeah, 18 feet of water. <laughs> We drilled a whole bunch of holes, and I got spear holes in my house, so we just opened one of those and 
yeah, it took a while, but we got it. At least the water was clear too, so you could we could use the camera and yeah, get it positioned. <laughs> yeah, I had my camera with, so I was in charge of pointing the camera, and then yeah, you guys got her got her in the net and pulled up. But so he, the phone didn't work anymore, but he got the insurance for it because he recovered it. Yeah, he still had it in his possession, but yeah, it, it was a whole circus. <laughs> well, if you have had any weird dreams like Dan. Oh, that's a weird sentence. Comment, comment below. Maybe, maybe don't comment below. <laughs> let's, let's specify what kind of dreams we're talking about here. Or if you've ever dropped a, a hole down a... We had another buddy here, hold Nate. On. Drop a hole down Dro- a phone? Drop a phone down a hole. Uh, our other buddy, Nate, English over here. English is hard. English, yeah, very hard. Uh, I swear he's dropped like six phones. I think he has, yeah. Into well, the lake. Because he's got a 10-inch auger. Those extra two inches, I swear, just this like... makes the magnet bigger. Yeah, exactly. I think it has more to do with how he well, handles his phone. It's probably that. But <laughs> our, our other buddy, Nick, sent the phone down one of Nate's holes because it's a 10-inch hole. I swear it is. Well, it seems like in a fish house, there's a, it's like a, they have magnets. Yeah, like the holes. they attract anything you drop on the yeah. floor. <laughs> it's like a funnel. I watched one go down the ice last week. Oh, really? Yeah, in, in Tony's house. <laughs> <laughs> the guy had it sitting on his lap, and he stretched, and boop, right oh, down the hole. <laughs> it's like you need uh, need him on a lanyard or yeah, something you, like you that. Yeah, you should. Or a floating case. Well, they the- make like that rooster wrap or whatever. There's a couple other companies out there that have things for that. I used to want to get, like, LifeProof had a life jacket or something, and it was yeah. a floating case. But they wanted... Uh, more money than the phone i think for the case <laughs> at the time so i never bought one but you just take one of those floating key fobs and just glue it to the back duct tape yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a boat key yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. exactly <laughs> all right well if you've ever dropped a phone down into a lake comment below tell us how you got it back if you got it back if you're watching this on uh, youtube or facebook or instagram or anywhere else i was in chicago you guys and i was there for the all canada show so there was a lot of labats going around it's funny nice. dan, dan i know you love labats and yes. um, I, it's something about when you talk to Canadians or you do a, Cana- a Canada type show, everybody has to have Labatt's. It's like, do you drink Labatt's normally? Me? Well, I know you do when you can. Oh, you, who are you asking then? Anybody. Anybody. Oh. I like Labatt's. Yeah. If you I can mean, it's find good. Them, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Riverbend is like now specially ordering Labatt's for when we show up. Yeah. <laughs> and they That's still what they said. There's, yeah. another, there's another bar on another lake that we go to that I know the owner and I'm like, hey, you need to get some Labatt's. Yeah, so we kind of did. influenced that yeah. one. It's Got awesome. Special ordered for us for whenever we're there. <laughs> it's good I to think know. we're the only ones that drink them, too. <laughs> yeah. I think they're still on their first batch from this Probably, spring. yeah. Because <laughs> we haven't been in there. Well, I saw a lot of bats, a lot of Labatt's. Talked a lo- about a lot of big fish. Of course, a lot of the questions about getting across the border and all that. No vaccine mandates anymore or anything. Uh, and then I saw... a. Uh, I assume it was made by Mojo, and I don't know if it was custom made by Mojo or somebody afterwards, but they made what looked like a Spoonzilla, only it was a pintail. And it had the old Duck Hunter hat on, had an old vest on. It's supposed to look like an old Duck Hunter. And uh, there, if you're watching this, you can see the picture of it uh, right now. we got it up on the screen. But if you're listening to us, just picture Spoonzilla from Mojo, only as a pintail version. You guys ever seen anything like that before? I have not. I've, they've got uh, Sir Coot. I've Sir, seen Sir oh, yeah. Coot before. Not a pintail, though. He's got all of his teeth. It's kind of impressive. <laughs> Normally, they like to stick a cigarette in the one of the you know the missing <laughs> or, teeth. Yeah, there, missing, but... few missing teeth. Yeah, he's got all of his teeth. So he's a classy duck hunter. Well, it is a pintail. Yeah. 
All right. Um, also, I ate a steak. So we went to a couple of different places. Congratulations. So we we worked until nine o'clock on the Friday night. I think it was a Friday night. We had to do the show till nine o'clock. And then there was a steak place. And we were in St. Charles, a suburb of Chicago. And there was a steak place there that we went to last time we did the All Canada show there. St. Charles Steakhouse or St. Charles Place. I can't remember what it's called, but really good food. Interesting decor. Like, uh, like it, it felt like the kind of steakhouse that mobsters in the 50s and 60s would go to and deer hunters like a combination of deer hunters and mobsters what <laughs> yeah it was kind of cool and we walk in at you know whatever a little after nine o'clock and the guy's like hey sorry guys like i got nothing for you like everything shut down there was a lot of people still eating so we were kind of like everything shut down and i'm assuming they closed the kitchen at nine o'clock he said what well, I, I do have prime rib that was our special tonight prime rib and we all kind of looked at each other and like well, that's probably what we were going to order anyway. So they brought out these prime ribs, and and I took a picture of it. And as you'd expect at a good steakhouse, it was delicious and you know medium rare to medium rare. And man, did I get comments when I put that picture on Facebook. So I want to ask you, when you guys order a steak, how do you guys like to order? Because to me, that's the choice for me. That steak, exactly. <laughs> that steak was about perfect right there. I like medium rare. Yeah. But that's for a steak. I mean, prime rib's different. Well, sure. Yeah. And so, but, but so that leads me, so two things. First of all, that picture, like half of it's kind of shadowed, which I think makes it look more rare, like that bottom half almost makes it look more rare than it actually was and then all the liquid. But I'm wondering if everything was shut down, if they literally just took some prime <laughs> rib and threw it under the heat lamp, <laughs> like yeah, took yeah. it out of the fridge, threw it on the heat lamp and go, here you go, boys. Yeah, for well, sure. let me ask this. You're colorblind. That's You're red, true. green, colorblind. What does that look like to you? I mean, it looks red, but yeah, it didn't okay. look any, it didn't look like, uh, like, I, mean, I think I could still hear it mooing a little bit, but I like that. <laughs> That's what everybody kept saying. I mean, it didn't look like they just cut it off the bone or anything, but I don't know. It was delicious. Um, so uh, let us know how you like your steak, too, if you like it like that, or if you think that was a little little under, the choice for me. undercooked. Uh, comment below on our YouTube page. Uh, I, how, how much time do we got, Dan? Do we got time, or should I move on? Should we move on and save some of this stuff for next week? Uh, could probably be break time. All right. So I got a few things that I want to talk about next week here on the show. So tune in next week. That's all. That's the only tease you're going to get. I'm not going to tell you <laughs> what it is, but uh, you'll probably find it fairly interesting. But we got a lot to get to, including including fish trivia with Joe Henry. We also have a fishing report from Cody Hill from Chill Guide Service in Ottertail Lakes Country. And when we come back, we're going to learn about the family-owned resort at Lake of the Woods with Paul and Brandy Johnson. Kodiak, a North American waterfowl film, is coming to the Fish Hunt Forever YouTube channel. I've been a sea duck hunter for about 30 seconds, and I've already got one that's probably going to go on the wall, so this is the coolest duck hunt I've ever been on. Presented by Boss Shot Shells, with support from Sitka and Beretta, and additional support from Alclair Outdoors, High Prairie Animal Arts, and the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Riders. Watch Kodiak on the Fish Hunt Forever YouTube channel. 852 million acres of public land, 147 million private properties, all in the palm of your hand. 
the number one hunting GPS app just got better. With hundreds of custom map layers, 3D and topographic maps, you can easily scout on the road or at home before you go. And now you can get important weather details, CWD detection, and even know what crops have been planted where. Get the most trusted hunting GPS app ever made. Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. Ice fishing season is here. This winter, plan a trip to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Not only will you have the chance to catch their legendary perch, but this year, Haybell Heights has been catching big walleye after big walleye. And they're doing it from a mobile, comfortable snow bear. No matter how cold it is outside, you're warm and toasty on the inside. Learn more and book a trip today at haybellheights.com. That's haybellheights.com. All right, this is Sporting Journal Radio. I'm Brett Amundsen, along with Dan Amundsen and David Eckhart. And Joe Henry from Lake of the Woods Tourism joins us right now. Joe, how's it going? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. And you? Not too bad. You are uh, mobile today. You're obviously parked there in your vehicle, but you're in your vehicle right now. Yes, yes. You know, actually, uh, I have the great privilege of speaking to the Iowa Great Lakes Fishing Club tonight. Uh, they had their annual meeting. And uh, so heading down to Iowa and uh, going to be able to, to chat with those guys and it's going to be fun. I mean, what a what a great group. These guys, uh, guys and gals, are very, very uh, um, strong club, very, uh, very avid anglers. And of course, you know they, they fish that Iowa area of theirs, the Great Lakes, but they also you know, go other places. So tonight we're going to be really featuring Lake of the Woods and giving kind of a rundown, uh, season by season, multi species. And then I'm going to do a little uh, uh, focus one little segment on pulling spinners, which you know pulling crawler harnesses, as you guys know, is effective everywhere you go for walleye. I'm in a vertical jig with some. Uh, you're gonna what? I'm in a vertical jig with some uh, crawler harnesses. Next time I go to Lake of the Woods, Joe. What? Well, you know what? That's not a, nope. That's not a bad technique if you're on the Rainy River, <laughs> because uh, that current will make those uh, blades spin. There you go. And actually, that's <laughs> for some of the locals. And that current's going about the perfect speed too. That oh, it is. Half, you can just yeah. take that. You just take and you just bounce that. You can have a little bit of a angle on your, you know, with your weight and the current. But basically, you just, uh, you know, let that thing bounce off the bottom. That spinner's constantly spinning. And sometimes they put a crawl in there. More often than not, they'll put a, uh, you know, an emerald shiner on each other. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, Joe. I mean, I, I feel like just about anything we've, we've brought up there in the wintertime, we catch fish on. I feel like, you know, it depends on the fish. But a lot of times, especially those, uh, those saugers, I feel like they can be so aggressive, they'll hit on just about anything up there. Well, it, it depends, right? I mean, there's times where it feels like you could stick a, literally a hot dog, hot dog down there and they'd eat it, you know? And, and then there's other times where you watch them go through on your electronics and you're like, what the heck? You keep rotating, rotating, rotating. It's really hard to get them to go. But the, those are normally the times when it's, you know, 25 or 30 below. Maybe a, a, a front just went through. But, but again, that's why it's fishing. And you got to figure them out, man. That's, your, that's part of the, to me, that's part of the fun. It's a little bit of a chess match trying to figure out what's going what's gonna to get some fish to roll. Well, it was fun seeing you. I know you just had one night with us. You've been on the road quite a bit. We've, we've all been on the road. It's, it's sports show season. I know you went to Chicago right before we went to Chicago and then up to up to Lake of the Woods. I feel like we've, we've been going to the same places just at different times, although we, we, need, don't, we don't have a trip to Iowa planned. Not yet. Not, not yet. <laughs> exactly. Joe's got some long rods in the back of his truck. I kind of want to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I tell you, it's, it's, you know, as, I, as I'm driving today, guys, you know, it's uh, – that sun is getting warm, and uh, it's it's mid to high 30s. It's February. February. 
I mean, it's not going to be long, and we're going to be talking. Okay, Joe, I hear that there's some people starting to push out onto the Rainy River. I mean, I'm telling you, it's going to be, you know, who knows? Is it going to be four weeks or what's it going to be? But, man, I'll tell you, it's going to be, you know. It's coming quick. I shouldn't say four weeks. That would be that would be early. That would be that would be a little bit early in March, but you know it's not going to be that much further down the road. I should say, you know, normally, normally, towards the end of March is when you start hearing stuff about the Rainy River, and you know, with uh, well, time will tell. With with the weather we've had this year not being as cold as it normally is, um, you know, will the river pop open sooner? You know, there's so many criteria that go into that. Well, we're planning our Rainy River tournament uh, right now. It's going to be April 11th and 12th on the Rainy River. We'll be based out of Riverbend Resort. And, uh, Joe, can you just, uh, you know, we're kind of hoping that all the accesses will be open this year. But if you can't, can you just dam up, like, the Little Fork and the Big Fork just until after we're done just to make sure? Is there a way we can get that done, just keep the river from uh, muddying up a little bit? Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll get uh, I'll get connected with the IJC, the Interna- International Joint Commission, and okay, good. Uh, just see if they can get into the rules for and just change uh, the, the multi-nation bylaws. You know. Oh yeah, piece of cake, piece of cake. Yeah. Well, 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 it was fun last year. I know we were fishing in that snowstorm. Hopefully we have a little bit better weather for it this year. But uh, you know, ice fishing is what we're talking about right now. How's fishing been up at Lake of the Woods? You know, fishing fishing's been been okay. I mean, it, it's like this. It's like if you get in one of those situations where it's 25 or 30 below, things have been a little bit tough. If you get in an area where everything is spread out on that open mud and, you know, the schools aren't as tight and stuff, you're picking and fishing every single fish. Most people are catching fish. Most people are catching enough for a fish fry. Some people are catching some nice slots and some even trophy walleyes. Um, other people, they're like, man, I don't know what you guys are talking about. We smoke the walleyes. We're putting nice fish back. It really kind of depends. And, uh, but it's, it is February. And, uh, you know, you, you just you have to have the right expectation, right? I mean, you know, you're, you're going to sort through some fish, big ones, little ones. Hopefully you get the big ones. You're going to sort through little ones, most likely. And that'll be a combination of walleyes and saugers. Then you pick out your eaters, and then, uh, you know, hopefully you'll run into some nice fish when you're up there. Well, here's what I noticed when we were up there last week was the saugers generally played. Like, they were they pretty much committed most of the time. I mean, they, they the bite window would kind of open and close, but for the most part, if you had a real active fish that was chasing, it was generally a sauger. Then we'd have fish that would chase, but wouldn't always bite. And sometimes we'd work them and work them and work them, maybe ch- try a different lure, and we'd work them and work them and work them. Those would be walleyes. They'd just be smaller walleyes. And actually, our, our jigging uh, rods were outproducing our dead sticks, but then we'd notice a big mark would come through and they either wouldn't show any interest or they would chase just, they would just come up just a little bit and then just keep on trucking. So I feel like that's where that dead stick can really play a bigger role or maybe a, uh, a more subtle presentation. Maybe that's what you need to kind of trick those bigger fish up there right now. Well, and that's also why, that's also why you use the one-two punch. You use a jigging line and you also use a dead stick because you let those fish tell you what they want. And every day, every hour, quite honestly, can be different. I think the other thing, too, is when those fish chase you and chase you around and they don't commit, I think some of those could be tools. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I did catch one. And I know a few guys caught some as well, too. Uh, but sometimes, yeah, they come up and and uh, um, Alex was telling us that a lot of times that they come up and if you jigged a little bit and it really spooked them, that a lot of times that was a tula bee that you, you spooked out of there. Yeah, and the other thing I'd say, too, is, you know, when fishing gets tough, like if you're seeing fish come through and you're having a hard time catching them, as a rule, do two things. One, put on something like a, you know, a, a lipless crankbait like a live target or a, 
Rapala Rip and Rap, or they're, you know, every brand, there's different brands, but they're, they're, they're an aggressive bait. They've got vibration and rattles in them. That'll oftentimes pull fish in. Sometimes it'll get a reaction strike. The second thing I would encourage you to do is downsize your presentation. Go to a really small jigging spool with a small minnow header, small piece of tail. Uh, go to a plain hook on your dead stick. Try to put a small minnow on there. I've even seen anglers use dead minnows and just hang those dead minnows, uh, you know, a foot and a half, two feet off the bottom. Make that, that walleye or sauger come off the bottom and grab it and come back down. And uh, those, those are some techniques that will catch you some more fish. And, you know, if, if you get dialed in on those fish and it's a tough day, but you catch those, you know, four, five, six extra bites, and all of a sudden you're filling that pail. Real quick, Joe, before we let you go this week, we have to do a little bit of fish trivia with Joe Henry, ladies and gentlemen, from Lake of the Woods Tourism, along with David Eckhart and Dad Emmonson here. We're going to talk about saugers here on the show. We have three questions, ladies and gentlemen, and some of you uh, anglers that fish Lake of the Woods a lot will probably know the answer to these, but we might teach somebody a thing or two about saugers. Number one, what is the what is not a difference between a walleye and a sauger? What is not a difference... Uh, I think I what what are differences? I think I wrote this you question. Remember how to read? <laughs> what are differences? Uh, a white spot on the tail of a walleye. B black spots on a dorsal fin of a sauger. C there's only six teeth in saugers. Or D one of their names starts with the letter S. <laughs> Thank you very much. Do you really want me to answer that? Uh, you can add, uh, Joe. You obviously don't know the answer to this, so <laughs> this is this guy giving a seminar here later today. Yeah. So, uh, David, do you want to try guessing first? I'm going to go with A and B. Okay. So I I just wrote that question oh. wrong. So I was looking All for right. C. Well, then C. Yeah. There you go. All right. <laughs> question number two: What age do saugers start to reproduce? Is it A six months? Is it B one year? Is it C two to five years? Or is it D twenty five years? Dan, you want? I'll answer. I don't. Again, I just I I can't multitask very well. I wasn't listening. So uh, B, one year. David, uh, the two to five. Two to two to five years. Joe, B, two to five. Two to five. Two to five years is correct, ladies and gentlemen. That is correct. Saugers start to reproduce. They reach sexual maturity age two to five, which so did I. Thank you very much. Question number three. I mean, I still haven't really. (laughs) Question number three. What is the size of the typical sauger? What is the size? And this is all from Wikipedia, and I believe everything I read on Wikipedia. (laughs) What is the size of the typical sauger? Is it A, two to three pounds? Is it B, four to five pounds? Is it C, 11 to 14 ounces? Or is it D, 12 to 15 pounds? Dan, did you listen to that one? Barely, because <laughs> this is actually interesting. Because there's like the first, it's a way longer story than I want to get into. But my experience with Sauger is so different than everywhere else. But oh, it's got to be A or, or C, two to three pounds, David, or C or C, remember. eleven to fourteen yeah, ounces. I'm putting two uh, ounces. I'm gonna go in. C. So I guess now, Dan, is that what they're is that what they're teaching in school these days? You can just answer twice, two different Everybody answers. Wins. Yeah. Everyone gets a, tr- a prize. Multiple Joe? choices. That's what I thought of. See, 11 to 14 ounces is correct, ladies and gentlemen. There it is, the size of the typical sauger, 11 to 14 ounces. Joe Henry, if people want to catch saugers and walleyes this winter up at Lake of the Woods, where should they go for more info? Well, I'll tell you what, you can do it through March 31st. Uh, Check out our website, and that is lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Come ice fish the famous waters of Minnesota's Lake of the Woods, the walleye capital of the world. 
Experience full-service resorts featuring heated fish houses, ice transportation, meal plans, and sleeper house options. From the Northwest Angle to the South Shore, Rainy River and Baudette, the Midwest's number one ice fishing destination. Walleye, Sauger, Perch, and Northern Pike, Minnesota's Lake of the Woods, best fishing anywhere. For more information, log on to lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Live Target, the leader in Match the Hatch, is back with new lures that also match the action. Introducing the Live Craw. The Live Craw is irresistible to bass, walleye, and other freshwater species. FTEC's winner, the Ultimate Frog, looks and acts just like a swimming frog. With an exposed Ultra Point mustad hook and replaceable legs, the Ultimate Frog has two styles, two sizes, and eight colors. And iCast and FTEC's winner, the Live Shrimp, mimics a fleeing shrimp for saltwater anglers. Coming soon from Live Target. All right, we're back. This is Sporting Journal Radio. Thank for tuning in on the network on this station right here. By downloading the podcast, you may be watching this on YouTube. Thank you very much. I'm Brett Amundsen along with Dan Amundsen and David Eckhart. And right now we're going to head up to Ottertail Lakes Country to check in with Cody Hill from Chill Guide Service. Cody, how you doing? I am doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, you bet. Thanks for coming on. It sounds You sound like you're a little sore right now. Yeah, Ice is a little slippery and it's a little, little solid. I took a bad spill going into the fish house the other day and I got possibly a couple cracked ribs. So. Oof. Man, it is slippery out there. And I bought, I actually bought some ice cleats and then uh, realized I can't get them on my boots. <laughs> my bunny boots are too big for my ice cleats. So I got to figure something else out there. But I, I wiped out my driveway the other day and i realized uh i landed on an elbow and on my hip bone and it, it was kind of sore and i kind of banged up my elbow a little bit but i came this close to i think dan you got a better look at it than i did but I, i'm pretty sure i came pretty close to hitting my head on the side of my truck ah you're exaggerating it wasn't that close that's <laughs> you were you were just fine obviously but i must have been pretty close i mean i was i mean yeah you're in the vicinity but yeah you would have been uh, you missed it by a little bit i was walking right along the side and, of the truck but and you drive a chevy so the chevy would have probably broke before your hard head oh, wow <laughs> wow I, well i know a little bit of rust would have fallen. i didn't know i was going to be a referee today <laughs> Well, uh, man, so I, I know uh, I feel like, well, I don't feel quite as much pain as you do, but I get it, man. She is uh, slippery out there. So that you were coming out of your fish house? Uh, I was going into a hard house fish house for an evening bite real quick, and so it's extra slick. We haven't gotten snow up here for a while, so everything is hard as a rock and slicker and slick. Hmm. So most of the storms, most of Minnesota, they're complaining about flooding and that kind of stuff. We're pretty good. I'm getting around with a RAV4 dang near everywhere I want to go. But we just haven't got any snow lately, so everything's hard as a rock. And, yeah, the problem that we're having up in our area is that uh, our vehicles are actually going up on top of the drifts, and then you'll hit the soft spot. So then you just sink straight down, and then you're screwed. Yeah, we, we went, Dan and I went fishing the other day, and I said, Dan, why don't we bring both our trucks? just in case. And uh, he beat me to the lake and sure enough, I got there and he had, he was standing outside of his truck with a shovel. So I came up, hooked on, pulled him out. And when I pulled him out, I backed into the snow and got stuck. So, so that he had to pull me out and it was a bit of a gong show there for a little bit. Uh, and it's not even that much snow. It just seems like it was so it was soft. It was so soft and then ice yep. and you just couldn't get any traction. Yep. How's your ice up yep. there right now? 
we are sitting amazing. We are mm-hmm. sitting amazing. Uh, with most pickups, you're able to go anywhere you want to go. Uh, yeah, it's it's really nice. I don't know if I want to be saying that because everybody's going to be flooding their area right now. But <laughs> well, that's it, a pro- you know that's a problem you have every year when when not a, not the whole state has great ice. It seems like the lakes that do get it get a ton of pressure. We see that uh, on yeah. our lakes a lot, and I know the metro area doesn't have the best ice and best conditions out there. But uh, I don't know, lots of lakes in this state, lots of places uh, to go. Of course, Ottertail County, a great place to catch some fish. And when people go up there, they usually uh, can do pretty well. Have you been? Have you been uh, catching? Have you been chasing panfish or walleyes around, or what? Do you, what have you been up to? I have been in a little spot that, uh, for about two hours before dark, we've been getting walleyes actually coming through. Hmm. And then, yep. And then, right about dusk, all of a sudden, here comes the crappies flying through, and they push the walleyes out of the way. Oh wow. Um, yeah, it's been really unique. Uh, Friday after I caught my breath and everything, my first four fish up the holes were uh, four different fish species. Oh, cool. And they all bit the same lure. So, <laughs> and the funniest part was perch wasn't one of them. Interesting. So, so yeah, started with walleye, bass, northern, bluegill. Yeah, it's been, you don't know what's going to be coming up. We've been getting into some toad uh bluegills uh the one pictured right there is uh 9.75 there you go so yep. nice and they've been they've been pretty pretty uh aggressive and where did, where exactly did you there. say that that spot was <laughs> was that by the town of nunya <laughs> i was on that one yep. the other day <laughs> where they I actually have that sweatshirt <laughs> <laughs> Have they been pretty Lake aggressive? Nundia, Otter, <laughs> there you go. Uh, for the most part, um, we've been, as that picture of the bluegill showed, uh, we've been using a lot of spoons. Uh, lures like the Widowmaker or the, that one's a pinhead. That one was Mao's uh, pinhead lure that he loves. Uh, but the thing that's been really nice is uh, the spoons that have the blades on that O-ring by the hook mm-hmm. have been doing better than ones without. And the only thing that we can think of is that they come flying in uh, curious, and then you start doing your twitching, tipping it with wax worms or in a minnow head, and those little blades make the little fine flutters, and it entices them to come in and so attack. That, so that's chain, kind of changing the action just a little bit. Yep, yep. Yeah, you think, it's been you a, think really, a really amazing bite. Do you think that's making a little bit of noise in there then too? Maybe almost kind of like a little yep. light rattle? Yep, that's what 100% what I'm thinking. And uh, even when we don't have anything on the graph, we've been uh, pounding bottom like eel pout fishing. And that's brought in a lot of our walleye. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been using a lot of Widowmaker spoons. I'm not associated with them by any means, but... Uh, they got a 1.25 inch long uh, spoon, and I've been catching a lot of uh, walleyes on it this year. The mm-hmm. one that you showed me holding, that one came on a buckshot spoon right there in the fish house. Uh, that one there was uh, like 11 o'clock in the morning, and I had a high mark. I thought it was a northern actually coming into our hole chasing our uh, bluegills around, and he smoked it. and 
That one was on just a plain spoon, no bait on the hooks even. <laughs> wow. Just when, I know. just when you think walleyes are hard to catch. And then you <laughs> – Yeah. A midday walleye. The problem is that was with three-pound test. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so fishing oh, for oh, oh, fish, oh. yeah, fishing, fishing for bluegills blue with the live scope pole down the hole. <laughs> so, yeah, it, 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 everything Sounds... was set against me on getting that fish up the hole, and it came up. And but they've been slamming the spoons. Uh, I've act, I'm I've a diehard uh, tungsten jig guy, jigging in plastic, tip with a waxy. Uh, I've gotten out a little bit deeper and I've actually had better luck with the spoons this year, hmm. able to get down a little bit faster, stay on those schools. And that's, I've actually had better luck this year on spoons. I'm actually so, surprised. So what do you guys think about that? I mean, that, so that obviously was a hungry fish, really aggressive, or is just a stupid one. One of the two, did it, did you take it out of the gene pool? Was that, that look, how big was it? Uh, that one was like 19, 19 okay. three quarters. I, I thought skinny and made the picture look really good. <laughs> so that tells me, okay, so skinnier fish. That tells me that fish was probably hungry. And if they're being yeah. a bit more aggressive and hitting bigger base, you think there's less forage in the lake this year? I don't. That lake there, we had a ton of small bluegills and perch on the bottom. But he was, I think we were in like 24, 26 feet of water in that spot. I only caught it like 10 feet down. Hmm. Oh, I don't know if they were coming off the shallows and just didn't drop down quick uh, to be suspended. I don't know, but I actually thought it was a northern. We had a boat. At one time, I had three on the live scope chasing us around, and it shut down all our bluegills and crappies. So I actually tried targeting it just to try to pierce its lip to try to get the northern out of there. And it ended up being a walleye, and hmm. I was uh, 14 feet off bottom, something like that is where I, I hooked it. So I wasn't really expecting a walleye that. You know, that it's interesting, Dan. Does that, does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, we were uh, just dealing with that on another body of water last week. That the bigger, especially the bigger walleyes, were cruising up up shallow, well, not shallow, but just suspended. And yeah, that's such a people don't think of that when they think of walleye fishing. Yeah, and we've, we fished for two days and never saw it, but we were told right before we got there that I, I think it was a 19-and-a-half-inch walleye yep. got caught in eight feet of water. In, well, it was 30 feet of water. It was a lake. But, eight uh, feet down. Eight feet down. Same kind of deal. You showed one picture of us in a hard house. Uh, that was from Sunday night. That fish was only 10 feet down and 33 feet of water. Oh, interesting. Uh, we yeah, we saw something weird on, we had two live scopes in the fish house and I saw something up high and it looked big. So the other guy reeled up and it came over to him and he hooked it instantly. And I think he was only like 10 or 12 feet down. Hmm. And I know he was over 20 feet off bottom. So I don't know if they're out chasing tulabies already and they just have to be up that high. Um, that night we did have a few schools uh, up off bottom. And that was the part that I thought was kind of weird. Most of my schools of bait fish have been really close to bottom. They'll be 10, 15 feet tall, whatever. You, you know how the schools always fluctuate. Mm-hmm. But these schools were actually off of bottom. 
suspended. So I don't know if something's got, if there's a bug hatch going on. Uh, I know guys are talking up on leech that the mayflies are hatching already. And I don't know if that's what's going on, that the uh, bait fish are up suspended higher. Hmm. But definitely, if you see marks up high, do not hesitate to get up there quick and start jigging around. So that's a tip that you can take away from this presentation. Absolutely. All right, Cody. Well, people want to get into one of your houses and uh, get on a guided trip with you up there in Otter Tail Lakes country. What should yep. they do? Uh, I offer day trips out of portable Eskimos. Um, you can find me on Facebook, chillguideservice.com is my website. Uh, you can message me directly on Facebook and we can line up a trip. We do have a few random dates here and there that are available. And I do specialize more on the panfish, but our tool beef action is going to be picking up here really quick. I think Saturday I'm going to go out and scout, um, hearing good, good reports. So if you want, you can get a hold of me there or else my cell phone is 218-443-3813. Very good. Cody, thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me. Looking for winter adventure? Might as well pick a place with over 1,000 lakes. Ottertail County, Minnesota is in the middle of everywhere, offers a simpler pace, and has something for everyone. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. Don't miss the 2023 Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic presented by select Heartland Chevy dealers at Canterbury Park in Shakopee, March 10th, 11th, and 12th. This year's classic features top hunting celebrities like bone collectors Nick Munn, Lee and Tiffany Lukoski of The Crush TV, and Melissa Bachman from Winchester's Deadly Passion TV. Get your antlers scored, view more than 300 antler entries, and see the latest hunting products, plus a great lineup of lodges and outfitters. For complete details on the 2023 Deer and Turkey Classic, visit mndeerclassic.com. This is Sporting Journal Radio. I'm Brett Amundsen. That's Dan Amundsen behind that camera right there. we got a couple cameras set up right now because we're talking to Brandy Johnson here at Riverbend Resort. Brandy, how's it going? It's going really well. Uh, it's been a great time up here, of course, as always. We always have a lot of fun. You guys treat us right, and uh, we appreciate that. And one of the things we really like about coming here is, you know, it's you and Paul. It's a family-run resort. We always feel like we're hanging out with friends, right? Like we're we're going on a trip, we're doing some work, we're having fun, we're catching yeah. fish, but it's like coming up and seeing old friends every time we come up here. That's what it's about. Yeah. We love when you guys are here, it's a great time. How long have you guys owned Riverbend? Um, we're going on, it's or 11 years. 11 yep. years. Yeah. All right, now had you, did you envision 11 years here? Or did you envision the rest of your life here? Or what did you think going in? Um, going into it, maybe not 11 years, but I knew it was gonna be a lifestyle for sure. Um, and 11 years has flown by, so. You ready for another 11? Um, we're gonna, we're gonna try. <laughs> now you grew up in a resort family. So I grew up in a resort family. I didn't, I guess I shouldn't say I grew up in a resort family, but I was in a resort family. My great grandparents owned a resort, um, sold that um, before I was born, but it just proceeded into us going on family trips to family owned resorts. Um, I actually had my great grandpa's resort was sold to my grandma on the other side of my family, on my mom's side of the family. So kind of just kept it in the business, but or in the family, but to the other side of the family. So yeah, my great grandpa owned multiple resorts actually in Ottertail County, so. Did you think that you would get into resort ownership at some point? 
I didn't. I knew we wanted to own our own business or be our own bosses, but I never thought we would go down the resort path. Because Paul's, fam Paul's family has some history in the resort. He does, yes. Business. His grandparents owned a resort for 32 years on Rush Lake, which was actually right down the road from my great-grandpa's resort. So we obviously were not born at that time, but I was not. Um, and But his grandparents owned the resort for 32 years. So his he owned it, or he didn't own it. His grandparents owned the resort for 32 years um, and until he was 18 years old. So at what point... Did you and Paul start saying, hey, you know, we've got some, our families have history of owning resorts, maybe we should do that? Sure. So we actually, um, Paul was working in Colorado as a guide for elk. He was uh, guiding in Colorado. Um, his boss in Colorado asked us if we'd ever be interested in owning a resort or managing a resort. And at that time, we were managing a resort on Big Pine Lake in Perm, Ottertail County. Um, and we kind of just, we were young. Didn't know if owning a resort was our thing, but definitely managing it, we really enjoyed it. And so to come up here and it'd be a bigger thing down there, it was just summertime. Um, so to do the whole year round thing was really intriguing to us. Um, and so when we said yes, we hopped on as the managers to Rainy River Resort, which is right down the road, managed there for just about two years, hmm. and then put us here to own Riverbend. Resort ownership isn't for everybody, is it? It's not. It's We call it a lifestyle. It's, def it's a lifestyle. It's not a job. It's, it's become our lifestyle. We raised our boys in it. Our youngest, who just turned 18, doesn't, hasn't known anything other than resorting. He's grown up in a, at a resort. So it's a lifestyle. It has its ups and downs, but most of the time at the end of the day it's worth it. It is. Um, I was talking to one of the other writers and I said when the bads outweigh the goods that's when we know that we're done and so we're still here so the goods are definitely outweighing the bads so we enjoy it. We have some writers here it's part mm -hmm. of an Aglow event yes. uh, we've come up here multiple times for Aglow and uh, it's been a great time of course it's been cold and that Seems can slow like down fishing. <laughs> of course, it's Lake of the Woods, so we still caught fish. We still got to eat yep. some fish. Uh, how's winter been for you this year? It's been really good. Um, like we said, just mild, mild temperatures. Um, so it's been nice for the guides, for the customers, the mild temperatures. You know, stuff doesn't break. You can get out there easier. Now with the cold front, it definitely changes up the fishing, but they're still catching fish. It's, so it's been a great winter. Uh, and when it gets cold, things do break, don't they? They absolutely do. You guys go through a, l a little bit of equipment in the we winter. We do, we do, and we have awesome guides that they not only are out on the ice all day working to move the houses, get you on fish, but then they come back and clean the fish, and then they have to fix the plow trucks and make sure their vehicles are ready for the next day. So it could be long taxing days. How important is it for you that this resort has a family-owned feel to it? It's very important. That's why we do it. I you know, wouldn't want to be in a business that and meet people every day and not want to know them and not want to know their story of why they're here. Um, that's why we do it. It's We have our family. We have raised our family in this business and we like to see families that come here for, you know, we've had it for 11 years and we have people that have been here all 11 years. Some are turned into our best friends. So it's very important. How often do you see uh, kids or families coming in here? So I think in the last five years, it's definitely changed. I think we have a lot more women here. We have a lot more families. We have a lot more dads that bring 
bring their sons up and are trying to create those memories and that's what's been so important to us of you know creating memories with our boys that's what we do we go hunting and fishing and so fishing really brings families together and so we've seen a lot more in the last I would say handful of years of the women and even women's groups and so it's become really cool and very popular to bring your family and spend that quality time away from home and out in the outdoors not necessarily in the outdoors because it's very cold outside we don't have to fish outside <laughs> what's one of your favorite memories of the last 11 years up here oh my gosh I would say probably my grandma coming up here um, my grandma has been a fisherman her entire life that's I you know really believe that's why our family was really into fishing is she loved to fish she loved summer fish she loved to winter fish she loves ice fishing um, and that's probably been my most special memory she for her 82nd birthday she wanted to come up here and so it was her first time that she actually got to see our resort and it was very special a lot of tears were shed that she was finally here um, she just died a short two years after that so it was really cool to get her up here see what we do um, she grew up on a resort so that's where she actually met my grandpa was on her um, her family's resort resort so it was really special to have her here and just for her to experience this um, of what we do and it brought back a lot of memories of her growing up at her resort it was only a summer resort but it was still where they had customers coming and meeting friends and she's had friends you know her entire life that came to her father's resort so it was pretty special did she just sit back and enjoy it or did she say you know this is the way we ran our resort she she would give us a lot of tidbits I always joke that in the beginning when we started this um, I did all the laundry we have since went to a laundry service which I love but <laughs> she was the one that taught me how to you know fold the queen-size sheets and that's she learned it you know from her parents at the resort and so she always brought all those little memories up but when she was here my dad and my uncle were here with all of our cousins so it was really cool she it wasn't she wanted to stay in the cabin for the day while we went fishing she was out there fishing with us and it was pretty I think she probably caught the most fish because she was concentrating and showing us how to do it so it was really cool that's great. Yeah. All right, Brandy, thank you very much. It's ice fishing season and time to plan your trip to Riverbend Resort on Lake of the Woods. Stay at the Lakeside Resort along the Rainy River in one of their new cabins and enjoy delicious meals and hot or cold beverages in the Miles Lab Barn Grill. Or stay in one of their comfortable sleeper houses on the ice complete with a TV, stove, and lots of walleyes right beneath your feet. You also have the option of staying at their motel, the Walleye Inn, located in Bidet. Book your ice fishing trip to famous Lake of the Woods today at Riverbend Resort. That's riverbendresort.com. Paul Johnson joins us now from Riverbend Resort. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing great, Brad. How about yourself? Not too bad. Always having a great time up here, of course. And part of the reason we always enjoy it here is because we feel like we're with friends. And that's the kind of feeling you want to have when you're at a family-owned resort, isn't it? It is. We want uh, everyone that comes up to be a part of, of the experience. And as they continue to come back, part of the family. And family-owned resorts runs in your family, doesn't it? It does. Uh, I like to say that I was born into the resort industry, if that makes any sense. Um, my grandparents owned a resort on Rush Lake in Ottertail County for 32 years, so I was 18 when they decided to sell. Uh, I wanted to buy, buy the resort and kind of take it over as a family business, but they talked me out of it. But a few years later, we, we ended up jumping right back into to hotel our resort management. And your wife has some history of owning resorts. And at what point did you guys sit down and say, hey, we should own some resorts? Um, we were probably eight years into our resort management part of our, our business relationship. Brandon and I run a pretty uh, interesting relationship. We have our business side and then we have our marital side. So uh, about eight years in, we said, let's, let's do this for ourselves. And so we jumped both feet into resort ownership. 
And it's been 11 years now with Riverbend? It's been 11 years, yeah. We're going to be starting our 12th year coming up next month. And uh, every year is, is something new, something fun and exciting. Tell me, uh, what's a memory, when you look back on your family's ownership of resorts, what's a, what's a memory that, that comes to mind? The biggest one is probably the friendships that we took away. Um, every week it was a mom-hostile resort, so every Saturday a, a group would leave and a new group would show up. And every week there would be new people that would come in and new people that we got to meet. And growing up uh, in those younger years, we got to meet some really good lifelong friends. How much of that memory or that experience do you take into this job? A lot of the same. Uh, it was born and instilled into me at a young age and, and it continues. We've met some really great people. We've has, uh, met some travel companions that if we get a chance to get out and get away, we travel with them that we've met while owning or managing resorts. How important is it for you to make sure that people feel like they're at a family-owned resort when they come here? It's very critical and a very big part of how we've tried to run our, our resort and our businesses since we've been in this resort industry. And if you go somewhere that, that you feel welcome and you enjoyed and had a great experience, you're going to tend to want to go back there. And that's what we like to create and, and have all of our guests experience when they come here. And your sons work here too? Both boys work here, yeah. We have an 18-year-old that's guiding and uh, doing his senior year online. And then we also have our oldest son who is in the kitchen helping us run and manage the kitchen portion. So they, they're both kind of born into it as well. Tell me about Caroline. Uh, Caroline, who was here with Oliver here recently, she came up from Florida, brought her son up. How cool was that? That was kind of unique. Um, you know, a, a bucket list item or a, a, I want to go do this item and to search and, and find us, to come up the time that they did, to be around everybody that was here, just the the distance that they traveled to, to do something that they really wanted to do. Um, I, and I feel like they had a great time and maybe back again very soon, making that, that long distance journey back up to do some fishing up on Lake of the Woods. How often do you have stories? I mean, that one's a pretty unique story, but how often do you have stories kind of like that, similar where, you know, it's families coming up here maybe for the first time or they're bringing their, they want their kids to come see Lake of the Woods for the first time, or, you know, somebody just experiencing it and they're coming through here to Riverbend. So at some point, most of the groups that come up, somebody in the group has been here at some point or used to come up with a group and has started their own tradition uh, with their group and coming up consecutive years during certain dates. You know, every year they count on it and they can't wait and they, they're calling ahead to make sure fishing is good and they're calling ahead if it's ice season to make sure the ice is good to drive out because that's that's what they really enjoy about their trip. And we, we have a lot of groups that we're really running long traditions when we purchased Riverbend Resort, some that were coming up before it was even Riverbend Resort, um, some that 20 years, 15, 20, 25 years is probably the most lengthy uh, groups that we've had with the exception of a few that were over 25 years consecutive to Riverbend Resort. What can people expect when they come here? A smile. <laughs> so the guest experience, we always say, starts when, when the first phone call is made or, or reached out. But when they get here, they're, they're going to come in the door, they're going to be greeted with a smile, someone behind the desk or someone out in the bar area that's cleaning everything up. We, we like to think, you know, every time a new group comes in, we're preparing for, for guests to come, almost to, like our house. Uh, so we, we like to keep it clean, we like to keep it friendly, um, and we just want to make sure that what we have 
promise is what we deliver. The food is really good. Is that inspired by a family member or did you just want to have some really good food here? I, I'm of course biased in my opinion. I believe we have the best food on the lake, but that's just my opinion. Come check it out for yourself. Uh, but kind of growing up, I, I did some a lot of cooking uh, early in my younger years. Uh, some of my first jobs were cooking in short order cafes and, and family restaurants and just kind of gained the love for the culinary and tried to transfer that love into to our kitchen as well. Even though I'm not spending as much time in there as I used to, just trying to make sure that that, that good quality food's coming out. Broasted chicken was one of the dinners I believe we had the, the first night when you guys came. Um, broasted chicken was one of the first items that I, I learned to start from uh, a scratch batch chicken coming in, cleaning, cutting, prepping, marinating, cooking that. And a lot of love goes into a, uh, a broasted chicken. So the flavors there are good. The ribs are uh, an oven-baked, slow six-hour oven-baked uh, rib recipe that we use, fall off the bone. Uh, the the uh, barbecue sauce is a homemade barbecue sauce as well. So that, that quality that goes in and that preparedness that goes into that meal transfers when that guests are, are consuming the food. They, they can really feel the the good taste and quality that went into it. And pizza deliveries on the ice. You know, we try to set ourselves apart from everyone else and amenities are, are big nowadays. You know, what can we offer that may be a little different than where they have stayed before or, um, you know, what can we do to add to that guest experience? Hot pizza was one of them. Um, when you're sitting out in the fish house and you say, God, I'm hungry, I wish they would deliver pizzas. Well, we, we do that here. Um, you know, if you're on the meal plan, it's usually the second day while you're staying. Even if you're not, there's a menu and a phone number to call, put your order in, guides will bring it right out to you uh, during that lunch hour. What's your goal when somebody comes here? What's your goal at the end of their trip? So the, the biggest focus we realized a few years into this is work on the things that we can control. And so what we want to make sure is that that guest had a very fun, memorable experience. Cabins were clean, the staff were friendly, the drinks were cold and delicious, the food was filling and amazing. We want them to leave with a feeling of a, of a good experience, a happy trip, a memorable trip of, of their time up on Lake of the Woods. And you would like them to maybe come back or bring their kids or their kids' kids to come back? Start a tradition? So of course traditions are always loved and encouraged through Riverbend Resort. We do. And families, we, we offer, if they're bringing their children up, you know, children 17 and under, we offer a half price uh, with any paying adult that's coming up. And what we hope is that, that bringing the children, encouraging to bring their kids up and experience, um, it could be a trophy, it could be their first fish, it could be their first ice fishing experience, but get that, that hook in there and get that passion uh, in their blood that you know later on in life they may come back and bring their family. Sporting Journal Radio is a division of Macaba LLC. If you've got a question, comment, or story idea for us, send us an email. Go to sportingjournalradio.com. While you're there, you can learn how to advertise on the show and visit our store for hats, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. Go to sportingjournalradio.com.